Orale, bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP podcast. This is your host Jorge Martin Familia. It's the NFL Insider Series. We're just having, a, I'm having a ball doing this, and we're going to do Vol today. So that was not intended, but it turned out pretty cool anyway. Hey, but I also want to make sure you're going to YouTube. You're watching us on YouTube. Make sure you give us a like and a subscribe. Hit that subscriber button, por favor. Give us that thumbs up. You know what? Our numbers have almost doubled when it's just be, just because of this NFL Insider Series, and I know that we're going to get some subscribers on this one because this was one of the most popular episodes last year, and it's not because of me, but it's because of this guy. So uh, you know, the, one one of the authorities. So I'm going to jump into him in a second. But first off, I want to make sure if you're going to UnderdogFantasy.com, when you go to Underdog, use that promo code Familia23. We're going to you're going to get matched the first hundred dollars. So you put in a hundred dollars. They're going to match you an extra $100 to play best ball. Get those drafts in because this is when it gets hot. It gets caliente. Summer summer temperatures go up, and so does the number of people who play best ball on underdog. So Familia 23. And like I said, uh, Familia, you know, this has been a three-time three time guest, our invitado on this one. I mean, John Shipley, he's with Jaguar Report. They're under, under the Fan Nation, under, under Sports Illustrated, one of the authorities when it comes to all all things Jaguars. And like we were saying right before on cam- I got on camera, thankfully it's uh, it, it kind of like uh, things are a little normal <laughs> this year and uh, going in. So going into the 2023 season, a lot of big expectations. So let's welcome him in. John Shipley, bienvenido. Thank you for joining us. No, thanks for having me on. And yeah, normal is really not normal around Jacksonville. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice little change up. Oh man! Well, uh, you know, th- there's no change of going going on because Trevor Trevor Lawrence took a step last year, threw for over four thousand yards. Just uh, you know, ran, you know, w- was also a threat in the running game. Does he have another step this year in him for for the 2023 season? I I, I think he absolutely does. I think when you look back in a few years at, you know, the development of Trevor Lawrence that for as impressive as the 2022 season was, and as impressive as that Ascension was after a tough rookie year, I think it's still going to be one of like the, you know, really least productive years of his career. I just, I I just think there's so much untapped potential there still that, you know, you really saw him hit his stride, you know, from week nine on after that London loss against the Denver Broncos, where he had a really bad uh, goal line interception. He had had one in a loss against the Houston Texans just a few weeks before that. And he has since said that it was after that game that he, you know, basically told himself that he had to turn things around. And then obviously from week nine on, he was one of the most, not just productive quarterbacks in the league, but one of the most efficient quarterbacks, you know, very few turnovers, uh, you know, a lot of big plays. And of course, you know, he was really an extension of Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson, you know, the great thing about Lawrence is he'll take a shot, but he can also be, you know, very much in that kind of robotic pocket passer kind of prototype that people think of the Andrew Luck type mold where he, you give him anything and he can accomplish it. So I do think that there's more, you know, for Trevor to go. You just look at his numbers last year and for as good as they were, you know, his numbers, they were better in the first two months than they were his rookie year, but they weren't great. So now you just consider, okay, he won't spend the first two months in the season kind of figuring things out. He'll be able to hit it on a much faster start last year. And how, how do you how do you see the schedule shaking out for him as far as you know with with the opponents that 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 they're I mean it, there there could be some shootouts in there don't you think 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, they play the AFC South and the NFC South. You know, and just in terms of, you know, fierce defenses, there's not many in there. You know, there's some teams that have thrown a lot of money towards the defense in those divisions, obviously. The Atlanta Falcons are hoping to figure things out. But overall, you know, they don't play many top-tier defenses this season. And most of their toughest games against, you know, the best opponents, you know, against the Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs, those are all games at home. So, it's you know, it's not like – they're having to go on the road and play some great defense at a deafening stadium or anything like that. And, you know, I feel like he's going to be a sneaky threat in the running game a little bit because, you know, he got five touchdowns last year and he's that got that six foot six frame. I don't see him doing tush pushes, but I see him a lot of times pushing, put, you know, just put, kind of putting the ball over the goal line at, you know, on the one yard line. Do we see, do you think we're going to see a few of those this year? Yeah. I, he really isn't like, you see some physical, you know, plays from him. Like, you know, there was a play in the second half of their playoff loss to the Kansas City Chiefs where he lowered his shoulder, you know, on a scramble and really, you know, just kind of trucked. I believe it was a defensive back and it was an incredibly physical play, but he's not overall like a physical player who's going to, you know, get it out and grind it out in the running game or, you know, to push, push stuff, stuff like that. So I do think you'll see him, you know, kind of vulture some touchdowns here and there just because like you said, I mean, he's, he's six foot six, just his reach overall. If you can get to the one yard line, he's basically an instant touchdown. So I really think, you know, that depending on how the short yardage running game goes, it gets to the point last year where, you know, they were on, you know, first and goal that sometimes the best option was to just try to have Trevor leap it over instead of going to a guy like ETN, just because largely because of the offensive line struggles, the short yardage game just wasn't there last year. Well, you know what? Let's let, let's go over to the running backs real quick because uh, Travis Etienne had had a good year, but you know didn't. And I, I've heard you on other on other podcasts talking about how you know there may have been unreal unrealistic expectations for him to be a big time pass catching threat. I think there was talk of him being a receiver, talk of him being an Alvin Kamara type. Now, you know, so he was a very good runner, but what are we seeing from him as well as the competition from, from rookie Tank Bigsby and maybe others in the running back room? Yeah, no, I, I do think that ETN is somebody who it's kind of wild to think about. You know, he had over 1,400 yards of scrimmage last year, uh, had some of the more, you know, the highest explosive rate of any, you know, running back just in terms of explosive runs. But it really feels like when you ask the Jaguars, like, they think, you know, kind of like Trevor Lawrence said, okay, yeah, he had a good year, but he can be a lot better than that. And that, you know, it really was in a lot of ways his rookie season. So I do think like anybody, obviously when you invest a third round pick in a running back, you know, that, that says something, but I don't think he's going to be a threat to ETN as the team's, you know, primary running back during this, during, you know, the 2023 season all just because I do think that they think that they can get another type of gear of production out of ETN. And you, you, you mentioned passing game. Like I do think Urban Meyer, you know, calling him a slash player, put unrealistic expectations on him coming out of Clemson. You look at his Clemson numbers as a pass catcher, you know, they improved his senior season, but it was mostly screen yards. You know, he, he even said himself coming out of Clemson that the only routes he ran at Clemson were screens and checkdowns. You know, he wasn't somebody who was going to enter the NFL as a big pass catcher. And then you look at Doug Peterson's offense in general, and just the offense doesn't really emphasize throwing the ball to the running back. You look at Andy Reid's offenses, they're the same way. You know, they'd rather just distribute the ball to the other skilled positions. So it's kind of the perfect storm for him not to make a big impact as a pass catcher. But I do think that's one area the Jaguars think 
on top of being more efficient as a runner that he has the potential to kind of be much better at. But with that said, I do think there are opportunities for Tank Bigsby there just in the fact that, you know, like I said, the Jaguars struggled as a short yardage team last year. And I think just from covering Doug Peterson last year, if the Jaguars come out in the first month of the season and, you know, ETN is struggling on a short yardage back, I don't think Peterson would wait very long to turn to a guy like Bigsby to try to find a solution. Oh, man. Well, there's there's a solution that may have come an, an additional solution that may have come in the form of a trade over the offseason. You got Calvin Ridley coming to the to the Jaguars and uh, adding to Christian Kirk, who had had himself an excellent season. Zay Jones, who had a really good season. Uh, how do you see uh, Calvin Ridley, the, the hype is already real in the fantasy community right now in underdog drafts. He's going off. He's going off pretty high. I mean, I'm in third round. Let me see. He is. I'm looking at him right now. He's going off as, you know, number 32 overall. So going right there in the third round. So people are buying in. Any worry about the, the layoff? I, I personally don't think so. I thought he had a great offseason. I mean, just from, I, I didn't think when. Kirk and Zay Jones came last offseason. My first impressions of them wasn't as strong as they were for Ridley. And, you know, maybe there's some pre-bias in there in the fact that I considered Ridley and his time with the Falcons as a higher level of player than those two guys were when they signed. But like you said, you know, he did almost two years away from football. That's considerable. And that's also a big reason why for as much positive hype as there is for Ridley inside Jacksonville right now, They still haven't really let him go like full, you know, pedal to the, you know, foot on the gas pedal yet because of, like you said, two years out of football. If you let him just go, you know, 100 miles per hour from his first practice, you know, he's bound to re injure himself. So they are being a little bit conservative with him right now. But I think as you get along in the dog days of training camp, you'll start hearing more stories about how he's kind of separating himself among the receivers. But with that said, it was a big thing with Lawrence last year that you could see it took him, you know, Later in the season, his connection with Christian Kirk, his connection with him was solid all season. But later in the season, you could just tell they were, you know, on the same page. And that takes practice reps and that takes being around each other. And now, you know, Kirk and Lawrence have, are so accustomed to each other. I, I don't expect Kirk's role really to change much. I don't expect him to see, you know, many fewer targets. Maybe he sees a, a slight drop, but I really don't think significantly. And I really think the guy who sees fewer targets is probably Zay Jones, just in the fact that, you know, really will come in and replace Marvin Jones as, you know, their starting outside receiver. Zay Jones saw, you know, over a hundred targets last year. I don't think that happens again, but I do think that just the style the Jaguars play offense, the way Doug Peterson is a play caller and the way Trevor Lawrence is that, They'll have different receivers kind of be the primary receiver each week. And they're going to be, I'd imagine, you know, for fantasy guys, maybe a frustrating team because one week you'll see Ridley go off. And then the next week it was like last year, Zay Jones had a random three touchdown game against the Ravens. And you're like, that comes, you know, out of nowhere. (laughs) I know I sat him that week too. And I I was so, (laughs) I was so toasty. Uh, I mean, could this offense be prolific enough that, you know, if get full healthy seasons from a, from a Ridley and a Kirk, we could be seeing a pair of thousand yard receivers. I, I think so. I, I really do. I mean, Doug Peterson, he wants to throw the ball. You know, there, there were a lot of times last year where it just, it was obvious that he wanted Trevor Lawrence to throw it, you know, 40, 45 times a game. And that was when you had a, you know, past his prime Marvin Jones, you know, starting there, even with him starting out there, there were times Trevor Lawrence was just airing it out all game. And I expect that to be the same this year because, you know, Doug Peterson, 
he, you can see as a play caller that he was a former quarterback. You know, he wants the quarterback to kind of shine. He wants him to be the star of the show. And whichever Lawrence, you know, you match his skill set. I, I do think that they had the potential to have both those guys be a thousand yard receivers. I mean, last year alone, three different pass catchers had career years with the Jaguars. And that's wild to see on one team, just three different guys produce like that. So I think you can see it again this year. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about this one. You know, when you, when you talk about a quarterback being a star, who better to, you know, who, ha, who, who looks the part more than the guy I love to call Fabio football. Thank you to my cousin, Primo, my Primo and Nico for uh, coming up with that name, but yeah, with the hair and everything like that, nobody looks better. Nobody looks better. Uh, and I'm going to give you big credit because you were the first person last year to even though you knew that there could be bows and arrows coming at you, uh, that you know, that uh, with about Evan Ingram being looking great in camp, and you, you, I think you even said it's like, I, I know, I know, I know, but he looks great in camp. That that turn that went into the season, came back, he's coming back for another year because it's uh, because he got you know, it's a, it's a one year deal. Could he be we, we'd be looking at him selling out again for another big season for him? I, I- yeah, no, I think he's another guy like Kirk that he just has a great relationship with Lawrence, you know, not just their on-field chemistry, but off-field. And I think that factors into it. Like, you know, Lawrence knows that he can trust Ingram as a target. Uh, the respect that the Jaguars, you know, as a locker room, as a coach staff has for Ingram, that's a tangible thing that goes a long way. So he's going to see his targets. He's going to play a lot. And he really, he's a perfect, you know, everybody talks about Doug Peterson as, you know, a good tight ends coach, but nobody ever really mentions why. The reason why Ingram is so perfect for the Jaguars is Peterson allows him to win horizontally, horizontally instead of just vertically. He allows him to get the ball in space and just use his athleticism and his strength and power to get by guys. And he also allows him to get a lot of one-on-one matchups and, you know, be able to read the leverage of defenders, run option routes, stuff like that. And those passes really up the seam are some of the things that Trevor Lawrence does best. So, you know, I, I really think Ingram and Peterson are kind of a match made in heaven. And I, I think Ingram, you know, similar numbers to what he did last year is what I would expect. No, oh, awesome. Did you, is there anybody we missed on the offense that that uh, may that may contribute or uh, J- Jamal Agnew? I think we'll see his design touches here and there. He had a like a crazy rate of like snap to touch ratio last year, where you know he barely played on offense, but it seemed like every time he was on the field, like he would play six snaps in the game and he would have five touches in the game. You know, like he was almost always getting the ball. He'll get design touches in the red zone specifically just because he's such a hard guy to cover one-on-one with his quickness that he'll be the occasional guy to pop off for a touchdown. But otherwise, not really. I I don't think Brent Strange, the second-round tight end, is going to see a lot of looks in the passing game as a rookie. I think he'll play some, but primarily as a blocker. I think Luke Farrell will honestly see their their second most looks among the tight end room. And then, you know, the – a deep sleeper name would be uh, Garrett Prince, second-year guy, was on draft for agent last year. He would, I, th- I think, is probably a lock to make the roster, and they're really high on him, but he's not a name that you'll hear out there very much. Awesome. Well, you mentioned run blocking, and uh, you know you got to keep you, you got to keep Fabio football upright. You got to you, you got to open holes for Etienne and company. The offensive line um, obviously lost lost one of the key players uh, from last season. Uh, rating, ranked number twenty six, added Anton Robinson in the draft. How, how does that shake? How does that group kind of shake up? Uh, kind of shake out right now? Shape up? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Jawan Taylor was definitely a loss in the fact that you know, he was arguably the best pass protector last year. You know, not a strong run blocker, but really good pass protector. 
really young, really athletic, good locker room guy. But the thing is, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence are both are able to make an offensive line look a little bit better than maybe they are. Lawrence has one of the best, you know, sack percentage rates of any starting quarterback in the last two seasons. And sacks to me are truly a quarterback stat. So the fact that he's been sacked so little over the last two years, despite some high pressure rates, shows that he can help an offensive line kind of mask some weaknesses. So I, I do think that him and Doug Peterson's ability to just generate a quick passing game can kind of, you know, line some of those spots but i also think you know when you look at the jaguars offensive line you know cam robinson you know we broke the story in april about his suspension it came out recently that's a four game suspension so for the first month they won't have their highest paid lineman but in his place they'll have a second round pick from a few years ago who you know were not for covid and an acl injury walker little probably would have been a top 10 pick in the 2021 draft he was like a megastar recruit coming out of high school. And he was terrific at Stanford. Just, you know, really bad circumstances ended up pushing him to the second round. But he stepped in Cam Robinson's place for the last five games last year. And the offense, you know, didn't have any drop off at all. And then a right tackle, obviously, you know, losing Taylor is notable, but they're replacing him with, a again, a first round pick. So it's not like they're a team that, you know, they're throwing two day three guys or a journeyman veteran out there and praying they can get by. Like, yeah, they have some inexperience there, but it's two premium picks and in investments and in young guys who they're young and inexperienced, but they are talented. Oh, no, that's, that's good to see. That's good to see. I mean, because, yeah, you need – that offense does not become high powered if not for him, you know, if, if not for those guys up front, uh, the other side of the ball, kind of a mixed bag last year. Uh, you know, it, it was, it was a team that was, you know, gave up the, that was number 28 in passing yards allowed over 4,000 passing yards allowed, uh, but was, was down number, you know, was 12th in rushing total rushing yards allowed. Uh, so fairly good against the run. How, how are they shaping up this year? Uh, versus the pass versus the run and 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 because you already touched on the fact that we could be seeing some shootouts i i think they're going to be strong against the run again this year just because i mean they have a couple of really strong run defenders and josh allen's one of the better run defending edges for a luacon is you know one of the better run stopping off ball linebackers devon hamilton roy robson harris fully fatakasi and then even a depth, you know, Adam Gotsis, they drafted a run stopper and Tyler Lace in the fourth round. So they have run stoppers. The question is really the pass rush and the pass coverage. You know, last year, I believe they were fourth or fifth in the NFL in pressure rate last year, but they were number 26 in sacks just because, and their defensive line coach, Brinson Buckner, said uh, after the offseason this year that they missed, you know, I think it was upwards of 25 sacks that, you know, they could have potentially had, but that they just didn't finish. So, the big thing this year is one, can you finish better than you did last year? You know, Josh Allen, especially he got the pressures, he got the hurries, but he didn't get the sacks. And then two, can they replace Arden key who, yeah, he only had four and a half sacks, but when he signed with the Tennessee Titans, they lost their most efficient pass rusher just in terms of pure pressure rate and ability to, you know, get home. He's also an inside and outside guy. And then the secondary, you know, they have some solid players and, Tyson Campbell's a really good outside corner. He He's probably one of the more underrated defenders in the NFL. Uh, Darius Williams, he's a good veteran who, you know, they didn't really have outside until probably the last quarter or so of the season. And then they put him outside and realized, oh, this guy is much more comfortable on the outside than he was in the slot. Some reporters said that was the case when they signed him to be the slot corner in <laughs> the offseason. But, you know, that's nor here nor there. And it really felt like by the end of the year they figured out 
which spots were the right for their guys. So this year there won't be as much of a learning curve. But really a lot of it comes down to can Devin Lloyd and Trayvon Walker play better. And, you know, each had strong off seasons. Obviously the coaches are optimistic about them. But, you know, Devin Lloyd, after a strong opening month of the season, he was just picked on consistently in the passing game by coordinators. And then Trayvon Walker, I still think they misused him last year. You know, he's not a stand-up through four outside linebacker who – you can just put in a wide alignment and tell them to rush from a two-point stance all, all game. He's a pure defensive lineman. You know, slide him more inside, put his hand more in the dirt, and they've shown a willingness to do so. But, again, the production has to be there eventually. Oh, man. Oh, mi amigo. This is awesome. This is awesome. You, get, you, you gave me the whole overview real quick. I mean, it, it, I, get, I guess it really makes a difference uh, not having a coaching change and just kind of having things fairly normal. <laughs> No, it does because, I mean, you can see, you know, their starting defense from week one to what they put out there in the playoffs against the Chiefs. It was very different because they had to figure out, you know, wh- you know who is best in what spots. I mean, from Darius Williams went from the slot to the outside. Trey Hernan's now in the slot. They even moved some defensive linemen around. Foley Fadakasi plays more nose now. Devon Hamilton plays more T4 defensive end. And, you know, they – they believe that they have some ascending players in Tyson Campbell. Uh, Andre Sisco is somebody who the staff thinks can legitimately have a Pro Bowl season based on, you know, last year he had some good turnover numbers. But you, know, you ask any of the defensive coaches and they say, well, if he caught three or the four interceptions he should have had, you know, he would have been even better. So those are two guys they think can have really good seasons. So there is some talent there, but there's also some question marks. Oh man! Well, there's no question marks about uh, about your analysis, mi amigo. Thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate it, Duval. Duval, you know you you, you know you're. I came to the source for this one, so uh, I, knew you'd be, I, I knew you'd be. I, I, I hope you. I hope you all come out in force like you did last year when 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 you watch this, uh, mi amigo John. But one last thing, you know, we always talk about a little Mexican food at the end of this one. Any any recent discoveries or any favorite takes of late? Yeah, there's a place uh, a couple blocks from where me and my fiance live called Nos Manches. That uh, I'm probably butchering it, but they have just terrific, you know, fajitas, uh, burritos, empanadas. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Hook, hook, hook the hook, uh, hook John and his fiance up. Uh, no smanches. Come on, hook them up. Hook them up. You got got them taken care of. They just give you an endorsement right now. So, uh, and that, a little nice fajita dinner and a little, some margaritas or uh, <laughs> you bring it home. Bring it home. Oh, mi amigo. Okay, well, training camp starting in a, in a few weeks, I, I, but I know you're not resting up. What, uh, get, give us a preview on maybe what's coming up and maybe a little bit of what's coming up during training camp. Yeah, no, we'll have something out on, you know, I'd talk to each of the Jaguars assistant coaches on, you know, their position coaches on what they've seen out of their rookie draft picks so far because, you know, the head coach and general manager, obviously they've said what they saw out of these guys have drafted, but the position coaches are the guys who are with these guys every single day and can really track their progress from day one to, you know, the regular season. So we already have stories on Anton Harrison and Brendan Strange and what the position coaches have seen from them. Uh, this, this week we'll have something on Tank Bixby as well. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Go to jaguarreport.com, familia. They're, they're right there, but also make sure to give my man a follow. Uh, I'm going to let you, uh, for, for the audio audience, uh, to talk about your unique, uh, Twitter handle. Oh yeah. No, uh, is at underscore John underscore Shipley. There's a John Shipley who covers Minnesota sports, who has been doing it for about 50 years. So he kind of beat me to the punch. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It happens. <laughs> it, it happens when you start doing things that long ago, and you know, exactly. Before, <laughs> before it, if it's before you were born, you kind of got to like heard it, heard it. <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. Well, mi amigo, thank you again, and once again, familia, make sure you're giving us a like and subscribe on YouTube. Give us, give us a follow. We've got so much great content coming out. Going to have beyond the NFL Insider Series. Going to have some great guests coming up that are, we're just going to be chopping it up all the way till kickoff. And then you know me, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep bringing it to you on every week for uh, during the NFL season. So uh, keep, you know, set those notifications. Get ready for plenty of great content on Familia FFB. And actually, everything's on a on a playlist right now. So you know, if you missed one of these NFL insiders. They're all lined up, you know, just nicely for you. Also, make sure you go to underdog.com, underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code FAMILIA23. You're going to get matched up to the first $100. You can find me at Jorge Martin 17 on Twitter. Everywhere else, you go Familia FFB. Also, make sure you, if you want this on audio, we're on Anchor, I mean, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, which is gracias to the folks at Spotify for podcasters for getting us out there. Um, again, muchas gracias to, to John for joining us. Muchas gracias to you for for following along. Keep keep checking in on for more NFL Insider Series. And always remember, todos somos familia. Salud.